And I also am leading by example to my clients. So the more bold I am in my creative world and making investments in myself and my business, taking risks and playing big, they can see what's possible. They're like, wait, you did that? Wait, 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 you quit your job? You wrote a book? You did a music? What? Wait a minute, then I could do that, right? Uh, and so it's giving them permission to lead and to play big in their own lives and their careers. On this episode of the Creator Community, we'll meet Allison Hernandez, a multi-passionate creative, entrepreneur, and executive coach. We'll learn why people need to fill their own cup first, how going through a creative journey can improve all aspects of your life, and that it's never too late to reinvent yourself. We'll then follow Allison's non-linear journey that led her to publishing her new book, A Ballad of Dreams, a novel with music, and connecting her with one of the most successful screenwriters of our time. Check out the show. Welcome to the third season of the Creator Community. This is a podcast series from book publisher New Degree Press, or NDP. I'm your host, John Saunders, founder of Ford Advisory Solutions. This show is designed to celebrate, elevate, and showcase many of the incredible authors that have published their books with NDP. This year, 2021, NDP will cross over 1,000 published authors. In the show, we get to know the authors and their books, as well as give you a behind-the-scenes look at their journey. We'll find out what it takes to bring a book from an idea to being available wherever you buy books online. It's no easy task, nothing worth it ever is. But with the solid structure, coaching, and community, it's very much attainable. Today I have with me Allison Hernandez, a multi-passionate creative and entrepreneur. Her many talents include being a mother to two boys, music composition, acting, and executive coaching. Allison has performed at the acclaimed Apollo Theater in New York is a member of the Actors' Equity Association and holds her ACC credentials through the International Coaching Federation. Her most recent creative endeavor is her new book, A Ballad of Dreams, a novel with music. Allison's book is due out December 2021 and will be available wherever you buy books online. Allison, welcome to the show. Hi, John. Thanks so much for having me. It is really a pleasure to have you here today. Multi-passionate creative. First of all, you know, what the heck is that? And how does somebody become a multi-passionate creative and an entrepreneur after spending the time you did in corporate America? Yeah. Well, it's really hard to like sum up who you are in like a few words. <laughs> and I really am multi-passionate. Like I am passionate about so many different things, so many different art forms. I'm a writer. I'm an actress. I'm a performer. I'm a singer. I'm a composer. I'm a coach. You know, so none of us are one thing. And that phrase actually came from uh, Marie Forleo, who's a coach that I admire very much and her book, Everything is Figure Outable. And so she calls herself that. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's me. That, that's exactly what I am. That's incredible. And so thinking about that, one, how do you keep all this creative energy going in your head? You've got so many projects going on. How do you how do you keep things together and run this business that you have going? Oh, yeah. How do I keep it together? I don't know if I am keeping it together. <laughs> Giving it your best shot. <laughs> I am. I think um, creating a life where I am spending a lot of my energy doing the things that bring me joy 
is what keeps me going, right? So leaving the corporate world, leaving the the grind of the nine to five and creating a life literally of my dreams where I get to be creative. I get to empower women. I get to help people find their their best selves and live to the potential that they want to live. It gives me a lot of motivation. I've got a lot of motivation. (laughs) I've got a lot of internal motivation uh, and a lot of energy that people were like, where did that all come from? I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't tell you this is how I was born. I have a lot of energy and I need to use it all. I love this. And but you spent 20 years in corporate America. Was there a moment where you said, holy cow, this this isn't it. I need to do something else. I mean, I love this passion for helping others, but where was where was that moment that changed for you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I moved to New York to be an actress, right? Like millions of other uh, women. And I really fell into corporate HR. Like I'd never, never planned on being in corporate HR for 20 years. Uh, I just didn't want to be a waitress. I was like, no, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be like the SE nail polish color. I'm not really a waitress. And so I just fell into it and I ended up being good at it. I, I was good at like acting like a corporate business person, but some way, somewhere along the way, like I lost myself. I lost the creative, the creative Allison. I lost the the girl that moved to New York with a big dream. You know, I became a coach along the way to get closer to more meaningful work, but I was, you know, I was running a learning and development department and I was writing my musical and I was spending so much of my time at work daydreaming about like having a creative life again. And that's when I knew, okay, like this isn't it. There's more, there's, there is a different option. It doesn't, I don't have to keep doing what everyone says I should be doing and start actually doing what I'm meant to do. And for me, that was breaking through a whole lot of fear, hiring my own coach to help me work through that fear making a plan, you know, a very specific, I'm going to quit by this date plan and making a financial plan, right? Like I didn't just blow my life up. I I had a very structured and thought through plan. And eventually I had to just leap, like literally leap. Wow. So you had this comfortable position, corporate job, benefits, all the things that come along with the, the corporate circumstance. You had this creative passion sort of burning inside of you and you had to to get it out there and you made it. I love that you made a plan. And that makes me think about you in a different context, I guess, in that you have many times creatives tend to be right-brained, right? But you seem to have this really interesting balance between right and left brain because you had this idea to go chase your creative passions, but had this sort of left brain to bring that structure in. Where, where did that dual skill set you think come from in your life? That's interesting. Yeah, it it is interesting. It's like, I've always been a risk taker. You know, a lot of people in my life will be like, wow, like, I can't believe you do that. You know, like, (laughs) like, I mean, at 41, I started auditioning for Broadway shows again. It's like, who does that? Like, that's, that there's nothing logical in that decision, right? So I absolutely have the yin and the yang. It's like, yes, I was going on auditions at 41 and hadn't been on one in, in like 13 years since my oldest son was born. But I also was like side hustling and like was coaching on the side and saving all this money so that I knew that I could live this life that I wanted to live in the future. So I think it's a yin and yang with me. And the two, honestly, they battle it out all the time. You know, there's the there's the dreamer, Allison, and the anything is possible, you know, and then there's a but you got to pay the bills. (laughs) And those two are are always are always fighting with each other. What an extraordinary combination of skill sets to take from corporate America to your, you know, and, and 
finding a way to you know sort of fulfill things you want out of life, which is helping others, following your creative passions. That's that's awesome. Have you found, given all this creative work you've done, have you found, you know, how is that intersected with your coaching business? Is that, have you found any synergies there? Yeah, absolutely. I was just actually taking a professional development course the other day about coaching and, and the importance of self-awareness and that the more self-aware we are as coaches, the more we bring to our clients, right? So I know through this whole process of the past three years that when I'm fully expressed in my creative work, that's when I'm more in tune to myself. That's the more in tune I can be to my clients and I can serve them even more powerfully. I bring my best coach to the, to the table when I'm filled up creatively. And I also am leading by example to my clients. So the more bold I am in my creative world and making investments in myself and my business, taking risks and playing big, they can see what's possible. They're like, wait, you did that? Wait, 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 you quit your job? You wrote a book? You did a music? What? Wait a minute. Then I could do that, right? And so it's giving them permission to lead and to play big in their own lives and their careers. That is awesome. So leading by example, showing them the way, letting them know that there is a different path that can be more fulfilling in their lives and let there be no other example to look at than their own personal coach. That is fantastic. And the fact, you know, when you shared that thought, I thought about a lot of athletes talk about that. They spend a lot of time, you know, eating at the right time before they get on the basketball court or whatever sport they play and getting the right amount of sleep and all of these things. Sounds like you found your own path to getting in the zone, if you will, through the creative journey. Is that a fair statement? Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That's awesome. When you think back over your own creative journey, was there, was there an early one? How did that, you know, was there a spark? What was your first creative project that really you said, holy cow? This is for me. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, I, I studied theater. So, I mean, I've been creating and been in the creative world probably since I was like five. I was singing in the church choir, you know, as soon as soon as I could. But in terms of the writing path, you know, that was that was a new path. So writing, I had written songs before. I'd done demos and written pop songs and love songs and you name it. But I had never written songs from a character point of view. And so before I wrote Ballad of Dreams, you know, I I wrote a full musical and people started responding to the music and to the story. And, you know, I had one like composer who would like, you know, had a show on Broadway and was like, I've got some raw natural talent, you know, and like a compelling story. And I'm like, I do? (laughs) Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Why has no one told me this before? (laughs) Okay, you know, and then I did all these readings and and friends and actors and producers, like people just kept showing up. People kept saying yes to things and responding to the music and to the story. And I was like, all right, I, I guess I'm onto something here. Like, I guess I should keep doing this. I love that. You know, and speaking of your book, one, you know, how did you, you have so many things going on, right? How did you fit this thing into your life? Did you wake up early, stay up late? How did you find the time to write your book, Allison? Yeah. Well, when I was still working full time, you know, I definitely wrote it on planes, trains, and automobiles. So, you know, I had a big job and I traveled a lot, like sometimes three or four times a month and I lived on Amtrak. So, you know, I would be, you know, on a train to DC, which is a solid three plus hour uh, ride from Jersey. 
And I'd be writing the whole time. You know, I'd be writing lyrics. I'd be banging out scenes. You know, I'd be driving to work in the morning and I would be singing into my iPhone, you know, and thinking of lyrics and trying not to get in an accident and be safe at the same time. But, you know, I really wrote it in the in-between, you know, on planes, on trains, on the Long Island Railroad, walking down the street. I, I know I definitely wrote a song walking down the street in New York City, like singing into my iPhone. You know, places inspire, you know, inspire words and phrases and notes. So and that's one of the cities where you could get away with that and people weren't wouldn't think you were that odd, right? Nobody <laughs> thinks you're odd singing to yourself into your phone in New York. Exactly. That, exactly. So your your journey did take some twists and turns. And I, I love this efficiency thing, by the way. I think it was my dad who once said to me, if you want to you want to get something done, give it to someone who's busy because they'll find a way to get it done. And here you were like squeezing this thing into every spare moment of your life, which is which is beautiful. But your book didn't start out as a book, did it? How, how did that thing go? Yeah, well, it it started, you know, it started as a musical. And, you know, it really came from a couple key moments uh, in my life. So one, I turned 40 and I had what I would call like a midlife creative crisis. And now, you know, that I spent all this time in corporate America and I raised two sons and still raising them. Uh, they don't raise themselves. And, uh, you know, I was doing all these things that I was supposed to be doing, but I realized that I was not expressing myself. I was, I was becoming a starving artist, even though I wasn't starving, but I was starving. You know, my art was starving. And then my grandmother passed away. And she had 13 children. And then I was on a business trip and I was watching a documentary about Lin-Manuel Miranda. And he was talking about his writing experience and why he wrote In the Heights, which is an amazing musical. If anyone hasn't listened to it, go listen to it. Watch the movie, listen to the soundtrack. But Lin was talking about how he didn't see himself on Broadway. And so I was like, wait a minute. Okay, if Lin could write a role for himself, you know, and create this whole, you know, world starring Lynn, like, why the hell couldn't I do that? And, and I had my grandmother in my head because I had just been at her funeral and I, I had all these like midlife questions like going through my head. And so I came home and I said, okay, like, what did grandma want to be? Like, what did she want? You know, did she want the same things I wanted? You know, like, did she want different things? Who was she before she was a mom? Because clearly she had a whole life before she was a mother. And so, so that's really what got me started. And I came home from that business trip. I called my mom. I said, what did grandma want in life? And then I sat down and, and wrote the first song. That's amazing. So it was really a, a bit of an exploration of your grandmother and wanting to get to know her better after she had passed away and getting to experience her funeral and reflecting on her life and, and her, her 13 kids. Was that, did I hear that right? Yeah, 13. <laughs> she, she was a, <laughs> She was a busy woman, that is for sure. So thinking about A Ballad of Dreams, a novel with music, you know, what's what's this book about? Yeah. Well, you know now that, that music is, is really the heartbeat um, of the story. And it's also about the consequences of unfollowed dreams. And, you know, as women, as, as women who choose to have children and women who choose not to have children, we all grapple with those questions, right? Like, do I become a mom? Can I chase my dreams? Can I have it all at the same time? And what happens if I choose this? How does that impact this? And so it follows these two women, Audrey McKenna, who is inspired by my grandmother, and her best friend and cousin, Rose Kelly, 
who was inspired by my great aunt. And Audrey has 13 children and Rose doesn't. Rose never has children. And so it follows their life story and their choices and sacrifices really the heart of the story is in the 1940s in New York City. And it it travels through time and through their, their choices, their sacrifices as women, women in the arts. You see the lens of the theater world through two very different women's perspectives. Rose's husband is a talent scout and they live on Central Park West and, and have all this money. And Audrey is an aspiring performer who wants to perform at Carnegie Hall. And so the chapters actually alternate points of view from Audrey's perspective and, and Rose's perspective. And yet they're, they're constantly looking at each other's lives and they sing this song called In Her Shoes, where they're questioning like, well, what would it be like to spend a day in her shoes, right? And I think we all ask that question in life, like, oh, but what if, you know, what if my life went this way? What if I made this choice? What would really happen? And, and really the constant throughout the whole story is their friendship and what greater love story is there than between two friends. What a, what a beautiful story. And these two friends have totally different lives and they're constantly sort of looking at this grass is greener circumstance and wondering what if, yeah. right? And did they find a way to answer what if throughout the journey? I don't they want to do. give away the, the book, but did we? No, I'm not going to give it away, but that, that's <laughs> that's the journey, right? Is figuring out how to find their independence, how to find their identity, you know, especially during a time where society really tried to define that for them. You know, women didn't have the same choices that we have from the 40s to, to 20, the 2020s. Is that what we call now? I don't know. Something um, like that. Yeah. You know, when you think about this book and all the time and energy it took to get it done, you know, there, there had to have been a big driving force behind it. You know, what was your why behind this, this book, Allison? Why did you have to get this one out there? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was really, it was the combination of understanding my grandmother's life and her life choices and the curiosity about that. But also it was answering those same questions for myself, you know, like, what if, you know, and I, I needed to sort through all of that. And when you, in, you know, being a woman, in being a working woman, being in the theater world, being a mom, I have lots of friends in my life, like Audrey and Rose, you know. Um, and I think when we turn 40, it's like everything just kind of like comes to a head, you know, where you have, I have friends who, who don't have children, you know, in our 40s, and, and they're still questioning, like, should I? Do I want to, you know, but what does that mean? Do I have to put my career on hold, you know? So I think it was wrestling with all of those questions for myself that really led me to, to writing. And music is, is my love language. Right? So it made total sense that the way the story was going to come out of me first was through music. And it all just kind of came together. And it all came together in the form of a book, right? Started out as a musical after much work and a creative journey turned into this, this book. And I, you had some influence along the way, did you not? Where some people kind of nudged you? Is that a fair statement? Yes. Well, it's funny. I was just talking with one of uh, my other writer friends that, you know, I wrote this musical and I'm like, damn it, this is a musical. But the musical kept telling me, no, I'm not. It's really a book. Such <laughs> like, conflict. Just, Right. Like, just listen to me, you know. But yeah, I was convinced that this was a musical. And I do still think it is, you know, in many forms. But I had a, a creative director at a big regional theater read the script and said, you know, this reads like a novel. 
or, or a mini series, you know, it's very, cin- it's very cinematic. You know, you have all these different locations and sets that are not, that, that's really hard to do on stage. And then I had a talent manager in the theater world read it and was like, you know, you could really get this published. <laughs> like, this is a really compelling story, much easier than you could get this to Broadway. And then I had a friend in the publishing industry who couldn't put the script down and was like, this reads like a, like a book, you know, like, I really think you should think about it. The universe um, was speaking to you. Right. right? The universe was like, it wants, to, I want to be a book. Just let me be a book. <laughs> you found an author coaching program. You went through it, right? You had much of it started. And then you did yes. a pre-sale campaign. Did you not you fully funded the book and also a musical score as well, right? Is that correct? The soundtrack. Yes, the soundtrack. Or soundtrack, so excuse will, me. There will be a soundtrack coming in 2022 of the music. Yeah. So it that, does get to be a musical. It gets to be both because it is not just one thing, just like all of us. One way or another, it will be. So yes. let's, let's jump into some of the themes of the book. You talked about identity and finding your own journey. And one of the themes you talk about in the book is this idea of filling your own cup. You know, why is that important? And who do you think that message is for? Yeah. Well, I think it can resonate with anyone, really, when we think about self-care. And so many people, when they think about self-care, they think, well, that's just selfish, right? Like, I don't need to put myself first, right? But we realize that when we put ourselves last, we're not able to take care of anybody else because we're running around on empty, especially for mothers, fathers, caretakers, right? We're so busy taking care of everybody else and we put ourselves last, but then it's just like, you know, that, that the thing they say on the airplanes, and your if oxygen you mask first. If, exactly. If you don't put your own oxygen mask on first, like you've got to be able to breathe. And so I think really making it clear that it's not selfish to take care of yourself and that we have to be full in order for us to be able to fill someone else. It's so important. And I, I love the metaphor uh, about the airplane, right? Put on your own oxygen mask before you help others. Cause if you don't, you can't help the others, right? So self-care having that, that message in your head, how do we get that message out to people every day when they wake up to say, put your oxygen mask on first, right? Before you go help others. We need to come up with that hashtag. I think there's a good one out there. You know, you talked in the book also about this identity concept and blending in, right? Blending in is the easy thing to do. We just sort of step back, try not to raise our head up too high. You know, why is it, why is it so such a common practice you think that people want to blend in? Yeah. I don't know if people want to blend in. I think, you know, they're, it's like being a chameleon, right? And they don't, like you said, they don't want to make waves, don't rock the boat. But if, you know, if the wall is green behind you, be green. If the wall is blue, be blue. And and they're trying so hard to be what other people think you should be, what you should do, what you should say, you know, and as coaches, we know the danger of the word should, should just be stricken from the dictionary. But I think so much of it comes from fear, right? And lack of confidence, um, lack of a, a grounded sense of self. Everybody wants to be liked. Everybody wants to be accepted and, and they want to be validated. They want their, their talent, their skills, whatever to be validated. But when you realize that the things that make you extra is like really what makes you extraordinary. It takes guts, but go for it. Like don't blend in. That's so boring. Especially being a content creator and a creative soul like yourself, you're putting work out there and it's going to get judged, right? People are going to react to it and say something about it. And that could be a, a scary place for sure. So I really appreciate that story and getting people to stretch. 
themselves. And it's, so it sounds like this book for you, Allison, was sort of a journey in yourself of a deep self-discovery through your creative passion. And now you have this lovely story to share with others. You reinvented yourself, right, through this journey. What, what do you feel reinvention means to you? And, and, you know, is there an age limit for it? Yeah, I love I love this question. You know, for me, reinvention is two things, right? If one, it's getting curious, it's becoming a student again and having that thirst for learning, like that thirst for wanting to learn something new or or get better at something. And then I think it's also getting back to who you are at your core and who you were as a child, right? So when we think about our most authentic selves, we were our most authentic as children before the world programmed us to diminish all the parts of you that make you you. And so I think in order to do that, you have to ask yourself some questions. You know, what brings you joy? What gives you energy? What fuels you? What are you good at? What are you curious about? What type of an impact do you want to have in the world? Like what, what's your meaning? What's, what's purposeful? And you can do that by, you know, reflection, self-reflection, and then really discovery of what you learn through that self-reflection and then taking action. And in terms of an age limit, no, there's there's no age limit to reinventing yourself. If anything, I should be the poster child of that. It's never too late to, to make a new dream, to chase one that you never thought you would. I definitely never thought I would write a book. That was not, that was not a dream. That that's a new dream that just happened. But I, I want to inspire people to take that one step. Like what's that one step towards reinvention? You've got to, you've got to take that first step. And I really, it's fascinating to hear your stories because this sounds a lot like a nonfiction book, a sort of self-help leadership book. And yet you did it through the lens of fiction, which is really interesting and a celebration of your family and your family members, which is beautiful. You know, when you think about this journey of self-discovery and, and reinvention, you know, you're doing this all the time. You're coaching, right? If you're helping, if you're a coach to somebody, you're helping them grow, you're helping them change and evolve. So you're, it's fascinating to me that you're helping people reinvent themselves and turn it into a creative novel. That's brilliant. And filling your own cup along the way, right? Yes. Big you know, time. It's full. <laughs> <laughs> for, for now, for now. It's, yes, it's, for right? now. Until the next uh, creative project. Yes. So when you think about this book, you know, how has this journey changed you? And, you know, have there been any unexpected positives that have come out of this for you? Yeah, I think, you know, some of the unexpected parts that I know I, I experienced along with a lot of other authors in our cohort is the healing process, right? Is like writing a book is healing because you write that, which we've heard many times, you write the book that you need to read right now. I needed to read this book three years ago when I started writing it. I needed to hear, it's okay if your dreams change. Your Life doesn't go in a straight line, right? Like life is messy. And we are, this is a quote from the book, but we are complex, bold, and beautiful pieces of art, right? We're not just one thing. So for me, that was, that was very unexpected, was the healing process of really expressing myself creatively. And, and yeah, definitely self-discovery through that process. In terms of unexpected things and twists and turns, I found a whole community and a tribe of writers. I have some amazing friends that I didn't know, you know, six months ago, that now I probably talk to three or four times a day. And I'm so thankful for them. Also just finding for me, like, I always thought, again, there was one to the creative world or to creative success. And I thought that path was go on audition, get cast, 
check, right? This is a complete backdoor for me, like the writing world and creating your own art. Different doors have opened, bigger doors have opened and, and that's exciting. So one, um, again, just going for the bold ask, I emailed through a friend, um, Heather Hawk, who wrote uh, the book for Legally Blonde, the musical and Freaky Friday, the screenplay. Uh, and she sent me a praise quote and like wants to chat in, in a month. And I didn't know her at all. <laughs> Completely out of the blue. And, and in fact, I have her quote here handy. Uh, Ballad of Dreams is not only a love letter to New York City and theater itself, but also to two strong women fighting for their place in it. I mean, what a beautiful quote from Heather. And the fact that you didn't know her at all, it really a testament to how much people celebrate and love a creative journey. I mean, here you reached out to her out of the blue and she dove in and, and participated with you. That's that's so, that's incredible. That was a really great day. <laughs> so, I believe it. Yeah. So this, this love letter in New York City, a love letter to your family and celebrating your family and culture and setting up an example for your clients and your friends and your family to go out and create, be bold, be a bit audacious and go try new things. I mean, it hasn't been linear. You know, it hasn't been a win every step of the way, but certainly you found one here with the great book. You know, what would you say is a key lesson or message if we didn't hit it yet or an overarching theme you'd like to share with, with listeners about your book? Yeah, I think you you hit it. You know, it's really to inspire people to, to go after it, right? Inspire people to take that first step to fill your own cup and don't depend on anybody else to fill it for you. Like you've got to be the one to fill your own cup. And then it's never too late to chase after your dreams. You just got to take that first step. One step at a time, the creative journey, it's out there for all of us. But I think what's been unique about this program for you and so many, myself and so many others is that sometimes that structure can really help and reaching in and finding that sort of structure, that coach, it can really help pull you along as you've demonstrated in your own business and helping so many others. It's such a big part of the journey because writing a book on your own, when I, when I wrote mine, I had so many people reach out to me and say, they, that I hadn't talked to in years. And they said, man, I've been wanting to write a book. I've written chapter one 30 times and it's still not done. How did you do this? Yeah. And the structure really was, it was a big, big win for me. Allison, if people want to learn more about you in the Ballad of Dreams, where, where might they go to find more information about you? Sure. Yeah. So my website is alisonhernandez.net. You can follow me on Instagram, alisonhernandez underscore extra because I am. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook as Allison Hernandez. That is outstanding. So an incredible book, a celebration of your family, so many lessons in a creative journey and a, a love letter to New York City. Absolutely beautiful. And I, I love this line from the book from Audrey, right? One of the main characters. I'm realizing life is like that. The big, bold colors can live in harmony with the gray. And it's beautiful to me, right? Life is never black and white. There's all these different contrasts going on. And it sounds like you've done just an absolutely lovely job of celebrating that. Allison, Allison's book, Ballad Dreams, will be available this December 2021, wherever you buy books online. Allison, thank you again so much for being on the show today. Thank you, John. Thanks again for being here today. I'm the host of the creator community, John Saunders. Keep moving forward. 